Hi, I'm Deborah Rosati, founder and CEO of Women Get On Board, and this is Women Get On Board in Conversation. Our video series, our goal is to elevate and empower women on their board journey, to give them confidence and courage to lead and serve on corporate boards. Today, I am pleased to have Ivy Lumia, who is the CEO and founder of Best in Governance. And she is here today to talk to us about stakeholder engagement and the role of the board. But before we begin, I know, Ivy, you've just come back from Charlottetown, PEI, and you were at the Governance Professionals of Canada conference, and you are speaking on this very topic. Anything you'd like to share with us before we begin? Uh, thanks so much for having uh big today on this panel i i you know that women get on board is very near and dear to my heart and i we also seek to empower women um, in our organization and help women get on board one one woman at a time one board at a time so thank you so much for having us today and yes uh just fresh off the plane um from the governance professionals of canada their 25th governance uh, conference, annual conference, and I had the privilege and honor to speak on the uh, Alliance Advisors sponsored panel on stakeholder engagement. And my, oh my, it was a it was a great session. I've learned a lot from my peers on the panel, and um, very very keen to continue the conversation about stakeholder engagement. So maybe let's just start off talking a little bit about yourself and the work you do at Big. Thank you. Yes. So um, big, we are a small boutique global firm and we specialize in providing bespoke, modern, sustainable corporate governance to transform, elevate and empower boards of directors and their executive teams. And two of the ways we do it, we like to think of it as the G in ESG and the G of ESG. And yes, there's two sides of the, the governance coin here. So what that basically means is the G in ESG, it's what Traditionally, you think of as governance, whether it's board composition, diversity, uh, compensation, um, audit, risk, compliance, AI, privacy. Um, so looking at all the traditional elements of governance, but now with a modern and sustainable lens. The G of ESG would be how does your board govern its sustainability strategy? Because that really should be aligned with your corporate strategy. So what are the frameworks, processes, and policies in place to ensure that you have a um, accountable, measurable, and strong uh, corporate sustainable governance strategy? So well described. We'll have to have you on a separate series on ESG. Um, but maybe just, just step back. How did you get into the world of governance? You yourself. Right. So about Oh, gosh, 20. Uh, I think my first board meeting, it was about 25 years ago. And I was, uh, I was just hot off the university presses. I was about 20, 21 years old. And uh, someone asked me to step in as corporate secretary for an international firm. And I, of course, I always put up my hand for everything. And I went in there and it was just get the coffee and do the minutes girl. And, um, and I went into that meeting and, you know, I didn't have a voice or a seat at the table, but I saw these really big brains in the room developing corporate strategy and really shaping the way that that organization would move towards the future. And I thought that's the room I want to be in. I want to learn from a macro perspective. I want to learn how this all works. And so I started my journey there and it's been, you know, 25 years of moving through governance. And, you know, then we saw the fall of the Wall Street darlings, the Enrons of the world shine, shine a spotlight on governance. And so that shifted governance. And so the, the, the role of the governance professional continued to elevate. 
And then most recently, we really see a new pivot in governance with, in particular, sustainability, stakeholder engagement, ESG, where governance is really at the forefront of what are organizations doing it and how are they accountable and held um, to transform their boards. So really, it's been a journey. um, And I'm so pleased to be here today speaking about this journey. Well, thank you. I can see your passion. And I think we have an intersectionality, you and I, on passion for governance. So um, and I, I love having conversations like today. So maybe what we'll do is we'll just turn it and, and direct our focus around stakeholder engagement, maybe kind of define what stakeholder engagement is. And then in a in a broader kind of lens or framework, you know, what is the role of the board with respect to stakeholder engagement? So I'm going to turn that over to you. Absolutely. So stakeholder engagement can be seen as who are the groups in your organization that directly and even sometimes indirectly impact or have influence over your organization? They could be employees, the board, your customers, your supply chain, third party suppliers, government, regulators, even communities. Um, so really, it's all of the groups all of the stakeholders, oh, and of course, shareholders, of course, there, there's one of them as well. All of these groups who contribute, impact, and influence your organization in one way. Um, and, and when you're thinking about stakeholder engagement, from a board's perspective, it's incredibly critical that the board's addressing stakeholder engagement. As you know, Deborah, one of the most important things that a board of directors does is build a corporate strategy. And we firmly believe that corporate strategy should be aligned with your risk management framework and your sustainability strategy. So at the core of your risk management framework and your sustainability strategy, you're looking around the room, looking at all the risks that would impact your organization. And that really shapes up your corporate strategy. But when you're thinking about what are the risks that your stakeholders are facing, what are their critical priorities? What are their burning platforms? Chances are their risks are your risks as well. So it's not enough anymore to be on your own island. It really is an ecosystem. And we're seeing more. I like that you use the ecosystem because it's broader. And, you know, when you've watched the journey of governance, it really started with sort of, you have to be accountable to your shareholders, right? And we know that that has broadened to stakeholders at large. And stakeholders at large have a huge impact on, you know, how you do things from a governance perspective, as you know. Absolutely. And we're seeing the the shift that it always traditionally always just the focus on shareholders and how to how to um, impact those share prices and so forth. And that's really sometimes the only voice at the table. But now as we see a move to sustainability, we're seeing that it's all stakeholders have a voice and their critical priorities definitely impact the organization. And we're seeing trends, not just moving away. Uh, people are still, of course, considering shareholders, but it's a competing priority now. And how do you balance all these priorities? And so as we move forward, you know, we hear all the time about how activist campaigns are on the rise and how do you deal with that? Well, again, these are part of the board's role to enable ongoing discussions with their stakeholders so that they identify those risks. They're balancing all the issues of their shareholders, stakeholders, whoever that group may be, and then implementing some plan to address all of them. So can I just pause for a minute? Because I'm dealing with a matter right now that applies to my profession, which is being a CPA. And it's member-based and there's a federal and there's a provincial. 
and the members are huge stakeholders, right? So Mm -hmm. however, any governing issues or changes, the members are a huge stakeholder. And, And it is so critical to have that input from the members, because they are a critical part of your stakeholders. I'm, I'm just, this is a, a matter that's very current. And I just sat on a member consultation yesterday and that input from your members as an example. So from a board perspective, you want to be knowing, you want to know what your stakeholders are thinking, right? Of course. And you want to be prepared to address those um, those issues and their, their priorities. And so as you go through the exercises, I mean, some tactical things the board can do. You know, I, I'm we're seeing trends like, for example, it um, they're shifting their board agendas. So we're seeing agendas are always putting stakeholder engagements on their board agendas, whether it's an update, whether it's reviewing um, uh, public materials. So to ensure that there's a lot of transparency here regarding disclosure, even how you're you know voting, um, what your management information circular and your proxy look like. Is it not? Is it all legalese? Um, and what are what about your corporate strategy? Is it green and blue washing? So we're seeing this trend of of stakeholder engagement on the agendas, but even more so, we're seeing a new trend of boards inviting stakeholders in. And I know to some of the FIs that might be cringing right now when they're thinking of like perhaps like the regulators and so forth, invite them in. Because I think it's critical when you when you close the door to engagement and close the door to discussions, you're not going to build credibility. You're not going to build relationships and trust and transparency. And so open the doors. And one more trend we're seeing is um, a new board committee on the rise. And um, big right now, we're developing a really large research paper on the evolution and the future of board committees. And one new board committee we're seeing on the horizon is a stakeholder committee, because as we've established, if the board is building a corporate strategy aligned with the risk management framework and sustainability strategy, and we know that at the core of that are stakeholder risks and issues, then it's it's to the boards, it behooves the board to have a board committee that stakeholders. I love that you, like modern governance, it's about evolution and change and being progressive. And so of recent, what I like that you're saying, it's a stakeholder committee, you know, where some people are thinking about, is it an ESG committee? Is it a sustainability? So I just read recently, one of the ones that there's a trend going on, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, is instead of calling it a compensation committee, there's a big trend to be calling it a human um, uh, a talent, right? Talent and human capital. And evolving because it's so complex. And so when you're thinking about, so what we did 10 or 15 years ago, we we need to have that journey. So I'm really glad that you have that lens and you're working and you're putting out a framework to say, hey, here's what the, you know, governance is evolving. And here are some of the committees that are forming because people, you know, sometimes just easier to stay status quo. Right. And, and if you think about it, most firms, they were incepted in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and governance has changed. Organizations have changed. The world has changed and it keeps changing. And so to use those traditional governance structures, a lot of people are still operating with legacy systems. And so does it work today? So the question I ask boards all the time is, if you were going to start tomorrow, would you have the same governance framework? If you were going to start tomorrow, would you only consider shareholders or would you consider all of your stakeholder groups and who would that be? And then if you start to dig into that, so how do you how do you establish your stakeholders? So at Big, one of the things we do really well is we do bespoke 
tailored um, stakeholder engagement strategies because there's no one size fits all here. Everybody's a little bit different. Everyone has different stakeholder groups. And it's really about developing qualitative and quantifiable measures to make sure that your stakeholder engagement strategy is measurable, approachable. You identify different ways to communicate because not everyone communicates the same way. Um, and then as you keep going on, you're identifying who, how do you prioritize these stakeholder issues? Because there, there are going to be times when they're competing. So how, how do you address those? So I love it. So basically, are you working in the companies that you're working with? Are they all TSX listed? Are you working with not-for-profit, public sector, sort of maybe a range of the organizations that you're in conversations with, the, you know, their governance frameworks and the future of, of their governance structures? Right. Well, we have um, our clients span the breadth of all of those. We have public, crown, private, not-for-profit. And so ultimately, this is all based on communication. This is all based on relationships. And if you look at it, stakeholder engagement, is it should be almost standard across any organization. With those pubcos, with the TSX listed organizations, they have certain disclosure requirements for sure. And we're seeing more and more activist campaigns. And so to those people, I would say, um, understand why people are interested in your organization. And that will help you determine what your plan is to address what their issues are, what their priorities are. But for everybody else, and including the TSX, it's not just a once in a, a once a year engagement. It's not, and to those TSX companies, it's not just, hey, here's an inf- invitation to our AGM right before it happens. It's all day, every day, all year round. It's two-way street also. So as you're having those conversations, it's not just about the opportunity to tell your story, but it's also an opportunity to build those relationships and then tell the tell the bad as well, because those are the lessons learned. And that proves that you're transparent. We're like, yes, we know this was an oops. We know that, you know, we didn't handle this the way we should, but these are the actions we are taking to address it for the good. And we've heard what you've had to say, and this is how we're putting it back to you. What do you think? And again, it's a two-way street with ongoing communication. Ivy, you work with a lot of companies, which is very exciting, but who typically engages you to do a stakeholder, you know, framework, sustainability, who typically inside an organization from a management perspective, would you be working with? Well, we work with all of the board, the chairs, the, uh, the executive management team, but you raise a good question as to who actually owns manages the sustain uh, the stakeholder engagement strategy within the organization and this is still kind of a um to be continued discussion we're seeing uh some of the stakeholder engagement lies with the um governance professionals office so because they're directly um working with the executive management and the board uh, they might take an active role. Sometimes it's the communications department because they're actively um, communications and, and obviously investor relations department. So investor relations has really um, grown and evolved since just dealing with shareholders. Um, it could definitely also be the sustainability. If there's a chief sustainability officer, that person will certainly have um, a, a key role in developing stakeholder engagement. So um, the jury's still out on this one. It's a little bit of everybody, but 
all I would say to this is ultimately someone needs to manage it and someone needs to own it and be accountable for it. Because what we do see in organizations is they say, okay, you go and talk to this group, you go and talk to this group. There's no cohesiveness. And this needs to be a disciplined, scheduled, measurable, accountable, transparent, systematic approach to engaging with your stakeholders. And again, no one size fits all. And it's constantly evolving. And how are we going to communicate with this person this way? And how are we going to? So it really needs to be owned by someone. And there needs to be a disciplined process involved in it. Wonderful. I love no size fits all and it's evolving. So that's, but you can certainly have influence on shaping and influencing and the board can be asking these questions from a transparency, uh, accountability and impact aspect of it. Right. So so maybe I'm just going to kind of come back to you. You've already touched on a little bit, but what are some of the current trends that you're seeing from stakeholder engagement on TSX listed companies? Because, you know, proxy advisors or advising camp, you know, Uh, publicly listed companies, what are some of the trends that you're seeing? So um, there's, uh, we all know that disclosures are on the rise. So how are we addressing those disclosures and making sure that our materials are really transparent and concise, that there's no green and blue washing, um, that there's uh, no risk, uh, there's there's measurement and ownership on all the materials. Uh, We're seeing something called a governance ethos. And a lot of these organizations are putting together a, a board approved, public document where this addresses the principles of their governance, how they're addressing stakeholder engagement and everything that um, is critical to their organization. And so sometimes there are some uh, organizations who they might not have these um, regulatory uh, requirements in place. So to those people, it's really important to develop this governance ethos because it speaks to, yes, we, we recognize that national instrument so-and-so is in place and OSFI's regulations are here. Um, however, we're approaching it in this way. And then I would say further to that is the, and this is, this is something that I'm a champion, it's the if not, why not? And that is a really key point of your governance ethos, of your sustainability strategy, your corporate or any kind of strategy that you have, and especially your stakeholder engagement. So if you are not pursuing something, if you have not prioritized one of your stakeholders' um, uh, key issues, why not? And then have some measure in place or action in place to address it in some way. So you're still recognizing that that is a stakeholder priority and you have a plan and perhaps it's not aligned with your financial uh, performance objectives. Perhaps it is competing with something else. Perhaps it's um, competing with an intangible or tangible performance objective. But if you speak to it and you publish it right up front, um, then you're going to be better off for it. So one example that I think of that we're all very familiar with is Comply and Explain. So we know there's a goal to get more diversity on boards. Yes. But if you're not complying, i.e. a certain percentage, there's then explained. So would that be an example of something from a stakeholder coming from many different places saying, hey, if you don't have that diversity on your board, why not? And what are you doing about it? Absolutely, because you're getting the opportunity to tell your story. Otherwise, someone's going to be telling your story for you, and they're going to be coming up front and being more active. And if you don't have that communication, like that, that's the first step. They're going to be searching on your website. They're going to be searching social media, trying to figure it out. And in the absence of those materials, they're going to tell your story for you. And so it's really important to make sure you get out ahead of it. 
and own, own it. If you have a story to tell, the good, the bad, and the ugly, address those priorities. Um, and so absolutely, I think it's, it's, it's comply and, and explain. So we could continue this conversation forever ha- over a glass of wine, yes. <laughs> over lunch, which we have, but maybe what we can do, because I just want to, I want to kind of wrap this up today. Maybe right. what would be your key takeaways that you'd want our listeners or audience to think about? And then where can they learn more about you? Sure. I think the main, two main things I'd like to, to leave with would be make sure that you have a balanced approach. And what I mean by that is, um, I, I, I'm, I am going to do the octopus. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do the octopus. So I picture your board or your corporate strategy or your organization as the body of the octopus. And the octopus has all these arms. Each arm is a stakeholder. And on this arm, he's got he's got these plates. And on these plates are these pancakes that I consider those stakeholder priorities, right? And he's trying to balance so that none of these pancakes fall off the plate. It's a balanced disciplined approach to making sure that your stakeholders are heard, they have a seat at the table, that you're including that in whatever issues. Because going back to our first question, it's whatever risks they have, chances are they're going to be a risk for you as well. And that is key to building a really solid corporate um, and sustainable strategy. And the other thing I'd like to mention is um, transparency. It has never been more apparent, important, I'm sorry, to be transparent in this world. There's social media, there's websites, AI is such a new thing. People are building things for you. You don't even know what's real anymore. It is so important to be transparent and make sure that you are telling your story in the right way and that there is no green and blue washing because you're going to get into trouble for it. So make sure that you're transparent and that will absolutely help build relationships. So my sum up before I ask you where they can learn more about you is I love the visual on the octopus. That is such a great visual to say you've got different stakeholders with different priorities and think about the pancakes. And I'm now going to go away with that mental. (laughs) And you're going to do the dance. And as you do it, you've got to be transparent in everything that you do. I think that's my takeaway. So Ivy, where is where can people look for you, learn more about the work you do? Sure, we can be reached at www.bestingovernance.com. And you can always connect with us on LinkedIn and social media. Great. And that's it for Women Get On Board, our edition. Ivy, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights and your passions. I I learned from you. Very excited to have you on our Women Get On Board uh, and sharing it with our community. So if you want to find out more about Women Get On Board, we're 850 members strong check out womengetonboard.ca.